0: Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Have you ever wondered whether or not your past life has anything to do with your problems in the present? How do you even explore going back to a past life? Do past lives even exist? In today's episode, we're going to answer those questions and more when we talk to a clinical hypnotherapist specializing in past life regression. I'm your host, Michael Hurst, and this is That Thing About Traveling Back in Time. Chris Lee is a Canadian hypnotherapist, past life regressionist. He's also the author of Life in the Past Lane. He's traveled six different countries to present his methodology and helps people overcome fears, phobias and trauma. So welcome to One More Thing Before You Go, Chris. You and I share a few things about our past. So can you please share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners?
1: Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, I've been doing what I do for about 25 years now. In the past, I was a policeman, and that's what you were too, if I recall, correct? I was. Mm-hmm. That's a bit more relaxing now, doing what we do, helping people in a different way. But what it's about is that, first of all, I am a clinical hypnotherapist. But what I do, I do go out on tours a lot and do my talk to explain. The biggest thing is to explain to people what hypnosis isn't. Because so many people think that you're going to bark like a dog or lose control because they watch too much television or watch too many movies because it's all stereotyping that makes it look better if the person is acting silly or, or out of control. But it does not happen. So on my talk, what I do is explain to people that hypnosis is deep relaxation. And we are in hypnosis 5 to 20 times per day. A lot of people don't realize it, but we are because one example is daydreaming. I'm sure we all daydream. We had boring subjects in school, so we daydream, but nobody made you do that. And you didn't disappear in case the teacher caught you. So, yes, it's it's all self-control, self-hypnosis reading a book or watching TV so intently you don't hear people talking to you? Have you ever had that happen?
0: I have. I, I, and I think it probably would be helpful if I asked you the question so that everybody gets a better understanding of what exactly is hypnosis
1: and this i was just explaining it's just deep relaxation all right we have a conscious and subconscious your conscious is a small part of your mind it's like your processor never been to a past life hasn't got a clue subconscious uh, michael is your it's like a computer it holds everything i can take people back to the second they were born in their current life and to hundreds of past lives if you've had it. some people have a lot more than others but it's all in the subconscious. All it is is slowing down your conscious so that it's easy to access the subconscious memories. But there's no disappearing. Nobody floats away. You're there all the time.
0: Can can anybody be hypnotized?
1: Yes. Well, I, when people do say, what can I be hypnotized? I simply ask them, have you ever daydreamed? And everybody's daydreamed. Have you ever gone to sleep every 24 hours? Yes. That's all deep hypnosis, deep relaxation. So yes, any, anybody can be hypnotized. But when I do work with a person, I do ask permission to work with you. If you say no, it's not going to work. You're in charge.
0: That's a very important point. So, in in regard to that, I I think another good question would be to help um, kind of clear up any misconceptions about the process of hypnosis. I'm familiar with it, but I know there's a lot of other people out there that might be interested in it that may have some misconceptions. So, can you help us understand what some misconceptions are and how to kind of overcome those?
1: Well, as I was mentioning, everybody, the misconception is people think you're out of control. A lot of people have been to a hypnotist show. Have you ever seen a hypnotist show, Michael? I have. Yes. And see, there's where the biggest uh, conception or misconceptions comes from for me. I do have friends that are hypnotists. Hypnotists. I'm not a hypnotist. I'm a hypnotherapist. Hypnotist is more for amusement. But the thing is a lot of people don't realize is the people that go up on stage... Are people that are we call them? We call them. Uh, there's about ten percent of the world are are called. It's a type of person that they sort of don't care. They don't. They don't. They're not inhibited. Uh, they just act silly a lot. But up on stage in hypnosis, you get a little bit more relaxed and act even sillier. The people on stage, they're one hundred percent aware of what they're doing. There's no loss of control. It's just that they don't care. They're having a bit more fun. And if you really want to use some logic about hypnosis. People up on stage, if you ever watch a production, they will send people off every once in a while. Now, if they're under his control, why would they have to be sent off? It's because they're not under his control. They're acting like kids, and kids can get bored. So that is why they send them off. So there is no loss of control. It's all self-hypnosis.
0: Kids can get bored. That's that's a nice way to put that. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen several shows like that and um uh as you were at one time. I was a trained observer, so when we sat in the audience and watched these things I could watch them slowly sneaking them off stage.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they try and do it you know politely, but just like thanks get off. Because it doesn't make it look interesting if only some of the people are jumping around. So they do that's why they do have a lot of people start first or come up first. But well, uh,
0: And it's, it's true that you really can't make somebody do something that they really don't want to do.
1: Because, let's, let's put it this way, like being a fellow policeman, is that if I could walk up to people and make them do what they don't want to do, I think the police would be very interested in uh, you know, maybe keeping me out of the public. <laughs> okay. So like people, like, like big headlines, four more banks robbed by hypnotists. Oh, he made me give them their money. That doesn't happen. It's all crap. So in fact, I can teach somebody to do hypnosis in about half an hour so therefore you could then get back at me so self-defense so therefore it's it's just I do get people that are afraid to look at me they think I'm going to make them do something they don't want to do what a load of crap doesn't work
0: that's a good thing to know and and actually when I put a call out for questions believe it or not this one came through will I become a zombie? <laughs>
1: If they pay you enough and you on uh, a movie set, yes, you could you could pretend, but it does not work that way. Again, a good example: of hypnosis is daydreaming. Does somebody make you daydream? Does somebody do you disappear? No, you're always aware.
0: Well, you know you're a <clears throat> you're a trained. As a clinical hypnotherapist, and I'm familiar with that because both my uh, oldest daughter and my young, uh, her husband, are clinical hypnotherapists. They practiced here in Arizona for a little bit, and they also practiced in L.A. So, and I'm familiar with it from another perspective. I have a certification as an investigative hypnotherapist um, in regard to regressing people back to uh, like a crime scene. Uh, yeah. Whether they were a victim or a witness, and the traumatic incident kind of buried that in their subconscious. So, from that perspective, I kind of understand that. What makes you unique to this field?
1: Well, again, as you from what you just described, yes, the subconscious holds all the memories. It's just that harder for the conscious to get to it because the conscious basically bounces around about three times faster than the subconscious. So you do have to relax a lot. I had somebody remember a combination to a padlock that they hadn't used for about 20 years, that they remembered in their subconscious the combination. So that's kind of a cute thing. What it's about, though, is clinical hypnotherapy is using therapy and hypnosis. But one thing I have found when I took my training 25 years ago, past life was not in the agenda whatsoever in fact the teacher did say is anybody interested in just seeing a demonstration well we were 24 in our class 24 hands went up and who wants to volunteer and everybody's hand came down (laughs) we weren't sure who wanted to volunteer finally one of them went up so i was an open mind and i thought i'm going to listen to this because i have felt there's there's something more to this 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 life than than uh you know Buying your way into heaven, like my parents. Now, uh, what happened was, is that he did, he slowed the girl down and make it short. The story is that she had seen herself as a young boy playing on train tracks in the states, uh, in the nineteen thirties, and the electric switch. Even then, and it caught the boy's foot. And Chain ran over him. And then he, he used another example, and he, she went to and saw herself in her mind's eyes being a woman in her 40s in London, England in 1942, obviously night, World War II, and there was a bombing raid going on. But the bottom line that got me interested in past life is that the next day she came into class, she said, You know, guys, I've always wondered why I hated trains and thunder.
0: Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Yes. And she said it's, it's gone. That's how quick it goes. The unknown noise. Once you know what the noise is and realize it's nothing to worry about, we can let it go. It's just when we don't know. What? I have found, though. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have, one thing is I have found, though, is that current uh, clinical hypnotherapy deals with current life. And being as I have found, about 98% of our concerns and problems come from past life. Therefore, current hypnotherapy is not as you know valuable. It's past life. And again, as I remind people, you don't have to believe in it. I don't care if you think it's all your imagination. But the bottom line is, if you think it's your imagination or past life, your pain will go away. So it doesn't matter if you're not sure about it.
0: Well, and that, and that's a I think that's another observation. The things that I've listened to is when a conversation does turn to regressing to past life, quote-unquote, um, like there's phobias and obstacles that may present themselves with these people. What kind of things have, um, have you run into with those phobias and those obstacles with the, the, the connotation of past life?
1: Well, the main thing is that when somebody, or what I do is I tour. And I have a talk that I do, which is partly what I'm just explaining now. And I have found that when people come to my talk, I keep a lot of stats. About 84% of the people that come to my talk end up booking a session. So I always stay in an area for a few days to do one-on-one sessions. So 84% book a session from my talk. Before the talk, zero, unless I've been there before. So I do explain it and I let them know is that it's nothing to be afraid of, but it also can get rid of. And do you know anybody that has aches, pains, fears, phobias and debilitating emotions?
0: Do I? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Several of them actually myself.
1: (laughs) Yes. If we're going to be working on a session soon with you, so you can report how how that results too. But the main thing again is that it's just that my system is like it's. A, it's all basically to do with your body cell memory, uh, Michael. They've proven a few years ago that the AMA American Medical Association that people with organ transplants are getting the traits of the person that had that organ. Like I didn't like pizza loves pizza just, just imagine that um, make sure you don't get parts from a serial killer. -hmm. Just kidding. They wouldn't do that. (laughs) But good point. (laughs) Yes, but they do. It does does happen. You don't. uh, The body's cell memory. This is what those aches and pains are that we have. Your body, your subconscious, is the one that's really in control of your body. Your health and all that is controlled by your subconscious. But it's screwed up by your conscious because it listens to too much junk. And the subconscious just listens to what the conscious tells it, or what's in your repetition. But from what I gather, though, we're we're here to learn lessons. You probably heard that somewhere. I have. Yeah, so even people that aren't sure they figured out well, that makes some sense. But the point I'm making is, is how I found what I found about this is that when we come into the human form, because we're normally energy, we have a, a lesson to learn. We figured it out beforehand, but when you come into the human form, we totally do not remember because how would you learn if you had the script in your hand or that type of thing? But what happens is, is that we often, through the years of past lives, many past lives, we often screw them up. Because if you don't quite remember, and that can happen from just doing something really silly or dying too soon, that does happen. But either way, I have found that the lessons don't go away, and the part—the pain or the ache or whatever happened when you did die. Like for example, if you got hung, that is why forty percent of my clients come when they come in—they've got what I call—I gave it a name—I call it uh, turtleneck syndrome. <laughs> they can't wear turtlenecks or anybody touch their neck. It's because they were hung in that life, and that body cell memory comes along with it. Subconscious keeps it there. You haven't finished the lesson. Here's where we're at. And it holds it. It's very good at holding it. And just like, again, the scary noise in the dark, if you're not sure what it is, that noise can keep bothering you. once you see it, you let it go. So when people see where this came from, For some reason, and I don't know why, I do get people to ask me deep questions. When I do get some questions that are too deep, I just simply say, I don't know, but I do know how to get rid of them for you. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) So that is what it's all about. I've seen people that have aches or pains they've had for 40, 50 years disappear in a matter of minutes.
0: And that part of it's actually a very interesting aspect of the regression because it kind of shows that whatever you do have from your past, whether it be physical or emotional, um, I agree with you with, with the aspect of having to learn lessons within our lifetimes. I personally believe that we live several lifetimes in order to learn what we're supposed to learn to get to a higher level. So, in regard to that, you know, each time we come back, we have to kind of figure out what we're here for, why we're here, um, and how to move past that. So, the concept of bringing forward um, phobias, fears, and physical ailments, as well as emotional ailments, I think is a valid point. You know, even, I, I think I remember... If I remember back a um, couple weeks ago, I think it was, I watched uh, a program on History Channel, and the program actually had uh, a young man on there that when he was five years old, he kept remembering and drawing pictures of, um, of a plane, and a plane crashing, and it was a World War II plane. And he kept saying, this is what happened to me. Why are you drawing pictures of a plane crashing? And why are you drawing this? And why are you drawing that? And he's going, because that's who I was. And when they did more and more research and they found, um, went a little more in-depth with him, but they took him to a clinical therapist, uh, not a hypnotherapist, but therapist, and um, thinking something was wrong with him because at five years old, he's drawing plane crashes and bombs exploding everywhere. And they're going, what's wrong with my child? When there was nothing really wrong with the child, they went through a couple of uh, World War II exhibits and actually walked up and said, "That's me," and he pointed to a picture of a captain on there. And when they read the story of the captain, the captain died exactly how he drew it. Once he understood that, and knew it, he moved on.
1: Well, basically, how this why this works is because around. When we're when we're born, uh, Michael, our conscious and subconscious are together. They don't separate till about the age of seven or eight. That's when your conscious starts going faster and then it starts learning stuff and we teach our kids stuff that to, you know, to know, how to get on with the life, which doesn't always mean we teach the right things. But that's why kids with imaginary friends, which is quite common, start losing them around the age of seven or eight because logic starts coming in. And when people do have them, I've learned long ago, is that if you have kids like that, don't say it's gonna, it's not real ask them for descriptions and that's where like for example the one that you just mentioned i think that actually happened also he crashed near japan or something i remember that one yeah
0: it, There's was, very, lots of
1: them.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting because they, they, at least act, the fact that they spoke with him as an adult you know and he was able to still go back and talk about the incident but the majority of the fine details actually had gone away and disappeared
1: as you get a bit older, yes, yeah, so your conscious subconscious separate too. So again, that's why I like to people up on stage acting silly. They're acting the age of seven, eight, or younger. So it's easier for kids to act silly, and that's how this works. But what, what it's about is that when a good example of what I do, first of all, I'm not a reader. I don't come up and say you're you're a uh, you know you're a gypsy in a past life. Well who cares it's not going to help you maybe you might dance better it doesn't work my system is the other way I just you tell me where your aches and pains are or if you of phobias or fear of success those type of things and in a session I'll cover two to five different things that's how quick it is so we just I just have your subconscious take you back to the correct memory that uh, has caused your concerns and your subconscious is an extremely good computer it will take you directly to it in a session you're just sitting there there's no link laying- what's well, another misconception where do i lay down i say why are you paying me to go to sleep because when you lay down your eyes are closed you're starting going to sleep Oh, you sit up they just that people think they're going to fall off the chair no no and, oh one more quick thing that swinging of a watch you ever seen or heard of that piece I of have. crap yeah, it's crap. How do you see a swinging watch when your eyes are closed is way beyond me. And it doesn't work. just slowing you down. But anyhow, so what happened is, is a good example of what I, my system, I call it unknown noise. And I'd like to give you a little quick story here. I want you to picture, uh, Michael, that you're living alone. It's a dark, spooky, windy night, and the wind's howling. Middle of the night, there's a crash, and you jump up and go, what the is that? I'm being polite there. And then you hear it again, and you realize it's just the wind blowing a branch against the window. Later in the night, it's another crash, and you jump up and go, what the is that? And you realize that's a different sound. You never heard that before. It sounds a bit scary. That's when you know your imagination can run a little amok, You know, like somebody coming to kill me, boogeyman, burglar, that type of stuff. And unless you check it out, most people pull up their bulletproof covers, (laughs) try and get some protection, and hard to sleep. So the next morning, you're going out the door, still windy. You hear that same noise off to your left. You quickly look over, and it's a garbage can blowing in the wind. The neighbor's always had a garbage bag, but now he's got a metal one. So you're going to make a profound statement, Michael. It's called, it's a garbage can, plus maybe some adjectives about the stupid neighbor. The next night you're in bed, another dark, spooky, windy night. Wind's blowing, garbage can falls over again. There's a 50-50, you don't even wake up. But if you do, the noise is the same both nights. But why doesn't it bother you the second night? Because?
0: Well, obviously you know what it is
1: perfect answer you know what it is and unless you feel the garbage cans come in to kill you you would let it go but there's the thing if I was a reader and said Michael it's just a garbage can I don't know about you but the next night I'd be going doesn't know what he's talking about he's never been here I'm gonna peek out the window. <gasps> It is a garbage can the whole premise of what i do is you have to see it to believe me telling you you're a gypsy does nothing you have to see it. in fact i don't see anything of what people see that's why i find it so interesting that's why i have those four books on case histories so that's how the whole thing works
0: well and that yeah that's a distinct in regard to that's along the same lines you know i have as I had told you before, I have some experience with regressing people back to a particular crime scene. And that's similar to that because we took them back the same way to where we were able to put them outside of the situation and have them look in. So they're yeah, looking at watching. a TV set, watching in a VCR, or a DVD player, so that you could stop, uh-huh. hold, pause, rewind, move it forward, give us details, and this kind of a thing. At the time that I was certified for this, it was not acceptable in court. In fact, I don't know whether or not it is now. I don't um, think so. But realistically, it get, it gave those people an opportunity to bring out a memory, understand what it is, understand it wasn't going to hurt them anymore, and then they can move forward from that. It also gave us an opportunity to do further investigative need when when the time arose, to say, well, if this person saw, let's say, a full license plate or a partial license uh-huh. plate, then we can move uh-huh. forward with it, piece all the things together, and, and then still come up with evidence that, that would resolve that situation which was really beneficial to us so you obviously take people back farther than that can you help me understand a little process of taking somebody back to another previous lifetime to to visit that how does that work
1: well basically michael all it is again is deep relaxation i have you sitting in the chair beside me not across some people do that sitting have people sit across them well that's good for if you're a lawyer or you're a policeman giving them bad news, or a doctor giving them bad news. No, I have them sit beside me and do my talk. I have I help them slow down a bit, and once we reach the level that they're pretty slowed down, they're still there, then I simply go to the list. And let's say, for example, it was a wife, I had a pain. And, oh, one, one more thing, too. A lot of times, people have aches or pains, and that they say it's not past life. It was my car accident, you know, a couple of years ago. Well, of course, it's from that, but that triggered it. Our body can heal. Basically, a broken bone can heal within what seven weeks. But if the pain stays for years later, you have triggered that memory. Or somebody scares you in the dark, and you say, "Oh, they scared. They scared me." That's where my fear came. No, it was just triggered from there. So what happens is, I just simply say. That your subconscious now. I want your subconscious to take you back to the past life or cause of pain in your shoulder, and go to the significant point. I have to add that because if it's a 60-year life, your subconscious will just ramble on. When I say the right point, and that'll be where the inc- incident happened. And within moments, then, uh, and I don't see anything. I'll just ask questions: Are you indoors or outdoors? You know, what kind of a day is it? um, what's going on. I also teach people, like you were just saying, is that... um when you do start off in a past life you can either start, either you start off looking through the eyes or start watching yourself there's no rhyme or reason now I'll know which one you're doing by a very scientific method I'll say to you are you looking through the eyes or watching yourself <laughs> so simple it is if you're in the eyes I'll just say move outside and watch yourself because it's easier as you were mentioning to watch and, and describe that type of thing then I'll say what's going on boom it'll always know when I first started doing this I'm going I hope this I hope this working pretty well now I just go how long is it going to take before he sees it and so then within seconds you'll see himself like lower back on a horse oh, and then what happened then I don't lead I don't say did you fall off because that's leading I'll say then what happened oh I got scared by you know, a deer jumping up and I flipped on the back and I landed on a rock that's where the pain comes from so I just basically then say look at that life and just say out loud that's a different life I let it go and I have them say that out loud. Then I'll say, move your lower back or your shoulder. And the look on their face is just priceless. This is what I love about what I'm doing. Their eyes are closed. But when they start moving their back, one guy, he said, did you hear that? And his lower back cracked. It went, correct. And he said, oh, yes, I heard that one. When he finished, he stood up. And he said, I haven't stood up this straight for 12 years. The thing about this body cell memory which is kind of interesting in a sense, is that it'll tighten up that muscle to hurt, to be the same pain that you left that life in. But if it's not strong enough, it'll put bones out of joint. That's where you get arthritis and stuff of that happening. It's to mimicking that same pain, so it puts them out of joint to hurt more. And as he, all it is is that when you move it around, the muscles have let go, they go back into place. So that's basically how this works. It's, it's a- a good example, I work on cause and effect. Sorry?
0: I'll say, let me ask you this in regard to yeah, that. Sure. I'm sure you've uh-huh. had people tell you, well, I think I just made it up.
1: <laughs> and I say, I don't care. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you think you made it up. Now, here's a logical thing that I do politely say to people, because during the session, I'm chatting away just like before. The only difference is, during the session, you slow down, you'll have answers. Before that, you don't have the answers. And I'll say to them, what have you, if they're saying they're making it up, I'll go, you're not bright enough. (laughs) Or smart (laughs) enough. And I do it polite, because here's the why. If you think you're making it up, that's your conscious sneaking in and thinking it's clever and stuff like that, because your conscious has to stay a bit to see what's going on. And here's the thing. Your conscious doesn't have a memory. It's all the subconscious. So your subconscious also is accurate. It doesn't play games. So if I think, if I ask you a question, what year is this happening in? And you all of a sudden go, 1803. And then you say, I made that up. Where did you get the 1803? You got it from the subconscious because that's accurate. I mean It doesn't make up games. So you think you made it up, but the conscious has no memory to make it up. So that's how it works.
0: Plus you didn't lead them to that date. You didn't say, is this the 1800s? Is this the 1700s? Is this exactly. the 1900s? Yeah. You let them just, answer it on yeah. their own.
1: Totally, totally, because, again, it's just just leading doesn't help. So it's all yeses and noes, like are you indoors or outdoors, or or are you in a house or a building, or are you in a town or city or out in the country? I just give them a variety of stuff, but I don't say, hmm, bet you you're in a country. No, because then it can be a little bit. But no, it's all questions that they, uh, non-leading. But if you think you made it up, you'll still find the pain goes away, so who cares?
0: When you take them back, do you specifically look for an incident that 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 corresponds with the issue that they're having? For example, like with the arthritis or, for, or mm-hmm. the back pain or something, do you specifically look for that or how does that work? Do they just go to it automatically?
1: Yeah, yes. See, so you, so your subconscious. It's like a little loop. It's running that little program. It's because you haven't finished that lesson, um, and it's it's trying to protect you from you know not doing that again because you did die in that life. So that's why it's held there. But what it is is that I just simply say. When they have a list of their stuff, and I'll say, Let your subconscious, I'll say that I'll pick them, you know, I go through ahead of time which one hurts you. I like actually when I work with my client, sorry, my squeaky chair, but when I work with my client, I find I like to work with the pain ones first because some people can't sit comfortably because like lower back or legs throbbing. So I take care of those first rather than the emotional ones. So I'll say, Which one hurts you the most? And they say, oh, uh, lower back, for example, which is common. I'll say, move your back right now. And they do. And I say, oh, that's going to be your 10, zero to 10. When I'm finished, you having you see that life. Move it again and tell me is zero is gone? What number? And it's almost always a two or three or less. That's how quick it goes. Sometimes there is two past lives because it's close to that area. So what happens is I just say go to the past life. That's the cause. Your subconscious knows what it is. It's there. It goes. And as I said, but go to the significant point in that life. So it goes right to that
0: point this may seem like a very strange question but once you figure out that um how how do we know whether or not they're going to continue with that later on or if it's going to come back to them because of that is there something that they need to recognize during that time period
1: It, it doesn't come back like that fear of the garbage can once you know it's a garbage can how could that fear come back how would that noise be scary when you realize that? Wait a minute, was it really hello once you've seen it? Because the whole point is you have to finish the lessons. You just don't have to bring in the aches and pains because they can get in the way. For example, like I, for one thing, I do get people say, well, what's my lesson for this life? I learned really quickly, I can't help you. You're not supposed to see it. You're supposed to just work on intuition, that type of thing. So what happened, though, is that they do like you want to get rid of the junk that prevents you. For example, then Michael, let's say you had the biggest fear of heights, which is your number one fear. And your life lesson was to save somebody that lives up on a mountain. <laughs> those people are toast because you ain't going there because you get that fear. So they like it. I get rid of the fear. So you can do your lesson. Just, I can't find that lesson for you. So that's why I say put down a list of stuff and, and to take care. But once you see it and feel that pain gone, it doesn't come back unless you fell down a flight of stairs the next day. Well, then, yes, that pain might be in your lower back, but that won't that won't be. A good and,
0: and a few other care. places, probably.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a few choice words, too. But, no, once you see it, and I also I do remind people just to say, look at that life, yes. Say out loud, that's a different life. I let it go. So I re- reinfirm in fact when I say zero to 10, they don't do a two. they said now say that and it'll be like a one like it re- reconfirms. But I mean unless you like pain, now th- actually I will tell you something. There is a type of situation occasionally that I do get, that's why I check first, that somebody is off work from, from an injury and they're getting paid very well for being off and they hate their job. So they're gonna, their conscious is gonna fight that one. They don't want to go back to work because if they're feeling good. So, so that's when I do suggest that well, maybe pretend it's gone, <laughs> that it's still there. But wouldn't you rather have it gone? So there's a little bit of occasion there when it just the conscious still can be fighting. But again, you didn't come to see me to make your pain worse. You, you, you came to see me to get it gone. So the conscious does you know, step back.
0: So does it? I know that you had said that you're. Um, you can do something so quickly that it can be that fast. We spoke about it a little uh-huh. bit ago. So um, typically, how long does a session last when you do this? And do you have to come back for repeated in order to help to help overcome something?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good question. You know, the only time I have people coming back for a second session is because they had a list too long. A lady in Australia typed out, typed, you know, make smaller t- wording, thirty-two items. Well, then I did two sessions, but a lot of times things overlap, especially if it's more emotional, more like, you know, depressed and not happy. Well, gee, Bob, they're about the same thing. So some one life will cause, you know, affect that. But generally it's one. And in a session, it's generally one and a half to two hours, because after two hours you get a little bit of attention span. And in that session, I've actually had people see up to 10 past lives. It depends how fast they are and how quick. But on the average, I'll take the average client through, I'd say, three to five. And that takes care of that many items. There are occasions where stuff overlaps. I had a lady with a pain in her upper shoulders, so I got the past life out of the way. and She says, there's still something else, just a little bit off to it. So I went to take that one, and she got rid of that, and then she said, there's an arrow in my back. <laughs> so, <laughs> took that so that was occasional, just that the pain, the one pain was stronger and covered masked the other two.
0: Covered the other one up. But,
1: so it, it's amazing. And I do get people, it's interesting, that do come to see me occasionally that said, I got nothing wrong with you. I just came to see what it's all about. Every single person that has come to me and said that, Within 10, 15 minutes, I'll have at least five items on their list for you to check because they think that what they're doing or what happens, that they're, they're stuck with it. A guy was cracking his knuckles when he came in. It drives me nuts. It turned out that he had been in a past life that he was being tortured, and they're cutting his fingers off. And what his subconscious was showing him when he cracks them just to check to make sure your fingers are still there. And... Wow. There, there's a lot. another lady came in and she kept clearing her throat. She went, <coughs> I said, how long have you been doing that? And she said, what? See, a lot of people don't realize. Didn't even realize said, she was doing it. Yeah, because it's been so long. I said, clearing your throat? Said, oh, oh, forever. In fact, it does bother some people. Turned out she had died in Pompeii. Remember the the eruption? And a lot of people didn't die from the heat. It was just from suffocation. suffocation. And she stopped clearing her throat Another lady came in. and She said, "Every time I stand up, she says, for the first couple of moments, my ankles crack." So I took her back. And I said, "Let yourself go and add it to this. Let yourself go and take you back to the past life that's caused your ankle concern." I like saying the word "concerns." It's not. It's a little smoother. Turned out, and this is actually not a very pleasant one per se, but she was part of a gypsy family, and this neighborhood that caught them trying to come through, and they didn't like them, so they they were going to make her, which she was the uh, youngest gypsy, was about twelve of them, a uh, girl about eight or ten, an example. They took two horses, unfortunately, and pulled her apart. That's... we weren't very ni- we weren't nice to each other back then no. but she got up after and she could not make her ankles crack
0: well that that part's positive but but to have a memory like that embedded in your subconscious that's got to be
1: well, that won't affect you. You see, when you do watch this, for some reason, it's, it's not – I do get people, what if I did something bad in a past life? I guarantee you did. If you're an actor in a movie, you're going to play a bad part once in well, a good part, it's, it's all part of the whole thing. The point I have found is that when you go to see it, it's not going to affect you. You're not going to leave my session going, oh, God, I was a serial killer back in the it, – it's just like – hard to describe. It's, it's just – like a relief. Ah, good. That means I don't have this and that. It's a relief that you get rid of the stuff. Nobody has an ab reaction. And I've worked with thousands of people. There's no screaming into the dark, get over it.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how many people have you uh, worked
1: with? Thousands. Uh, in the thousands. But then an average of four to five, six past lives. So it's in, It's getting up to, well, 20,000 different lives I've seen stuff that. And the thing, again, I like about it is they're never identical it makes it interesting and I don't know where they're going to go so that's why it's like and I get a lot of, I do get aha moments I've had students that said the same thing I never saw that coming but once you see it it's easy to uh, then you know where to take it to let it go but yeah it's, it's, it's sorry
0: and you've done this in like six countries haven't you
1: yeah I've actually done my talks in Australia New Zealand England US Canada and Mexico
0: so it's not just limited to one area. This can affect anybody, anywhere. And the the benefit of what you do, obviously, is to help people understand and to move them forward in their life in a positive huh? way.
1: Exactly. So I work in cause and effect. Have you ever had stress, Michael? Oh, believe me. <laughs> Everybody, even That's an un-
0: understatement.
1: <laughs> yeah thing is that we're supposed to have stress. A lot of people realize you do have to have some stress, competitive stress, business stress, to go forward. You know, a reason to keep going forward. You have to have that. But stress is that little key word or the little cutesy word. Oh, good stress, yes. The whole thing about life is not is to not have stress, is to do something about it, take care of it. But the question I'm going to give you here, where I'm going, is when you have stress, a lot of people get stress headaches. Ever heard of that?
0: Get those occasionally. Yeah. I and,
1: <laughs> and the people, what they do is they take a, a painkiller. There's so many sh- silly words that painkilling companies make billions of dollars on. And they take a painkiller. And it generally clears it up. But the question I ask people is, does that take care of your stress? Never.
0: That just, that just masks what's there.
1: Yeah, it's the Band-Aid. My system goes to the cause and gets rid of it. Migraine headaches. Oh, I'd say close to half the world has had at least one migraine, and some have them quite regularly. I've, I haven't, but and they're not a two or three day or a couple hour headache. A migraine is actually about two to four day headache. I don't know if you're aware of that, and. Uh, they're, they're quite painful. Sometimes even light daylight can make them worse. There's different um, triggers for people. But what happens is when they take a migraine pill, which I've heard actually from one of my clients, so that they, they were paying between 25 to $50 each. Nice. They pay. must be gold in there or something. And did it cure them? Never. I have the subconscious show you where it came from, And a good example, my my next younger brother, he had a migraine since he was uh, about 13, 14. And I saw him in 97, 96, 96, did a session with him. He's never had a migraine since because he saw where it came from. It's a lesson to be finished, but it doesn't mean you have to bring the campaign with you.
0: I agree with that. My brother needs to do that. My brother's had migraines for uh, probably the last 20 years. They have um, him on medication for that, but he doesn't do anything other than I believe in a more holistic and naturopathic approach. And most of my listeners understand that I'm, I manage my rheumatoid arthritis with a uh, diet and with meditation and, you know, some um, alternative methodologies. I don't use any biologics. I don't use any painkillers. Even when I got my last surgeries, I had, I've had five surgeries actually. Um, during those surgeries, I actually had an order from my doctor. I didn't use any painkillers with it afterwards. So other than the anesthesia when they put me under, of course, but I don't use painkillers. I think that it just masks it and it doesn't allow you to work through it and doesn't allow you to let it go.
1: It's just uh, it becomes a crutch, and you get addicted to these things. But there are companies out there that uh, do make uh, all these uh, pills and drugs. You might have heard of them.
0: <laughs>
1: Unfortunately. Yes. yes, and that's one of the reasons why what I do isn't really going as fast as I would like to. It does seem to go is because there's too many ads on TV with the magic pill, which I do find amusing is that very quietly, quickly at the bottom, list all the side effects that could happen you know you might die or something because they have to put that down. sometimes you go like is it worth taking it <laughs> for all those risks but no well, the kind of work I do is basically is not Is this there's no net, there's no pills, no medicine, no unnecessary surgery. I've had people cancel surgeries because the pain's gone. Why would you continue with the surgery if the pain is not there and you've healed up? I don't heal. I just il- help you eliminate the concerns. You go back to natural. But it, it's, again, cause and effect.
0: Can you share, without any names, can you share one of your most unusual cases?
1: Well, one of the most interesting that I that I in fact when I do my talk I do give some examples you know various from one talk because I'll remember some new ones but I often as even uh, you know throw clangs up because of the emotion that I get from some of these because it's just fantastic. One of them is hearing and eyesight are also often affected by past lives so when people say they think they got stuck with their glasses or wear hearing aids i've it's, it's it's amazing a good example that i like using is a girl i work well i call her a girl because i'm a bit older she's in her 30 mid 30s this is about three or four years ago when i work with my client i put a headphone set on them <clears throat> because i also put some boring music in there which I don't need to hear, it's to help you know, to help slow them down, a pinch more. So when I'm ready to talk, put it to go and work with the girl. I put the headset on, then I always adjust the background music because I don't want it too loud. So I put it on. She said, "What music?" So I turned it up a bit more. She said, "No, nothing." I put it up louder than anybody would want to work on. She says, "Oh, it's very nice." So I said, You have, I'm very astute here. I said, You have hearing concerns. She said, Yes, how did you know? <laughs> I said, Because of this. I said, How long have you had this? And she said, Since about 15. So she had about 20 years. And we also bring in our likes and dislikes and some of our talents, etc. So what happened was is that I said, "Let your subconscious add it to your list," because she thought she was stuck with it. That's why a lot of people don't put down much. That's why I asked them a few questions. And what it roughly, in a nutshell, was that she had been um, an only girl on a farm in the early 1900s, and it wasn't a real fancy one, just a. I don't know, plot, uh, a few acres. But what happened was that one day she was in the house and mom was her. the mom was screaming to dad because he was in for lunch. Now, there was a rat in the living room. You know, they left the doors open. So he went to get his rifle and she was in the other part of the house and she was nosy, which she added she's very nosy in her current life commonalities so she quickly went around the corner to see what's happening and the rifle went off and deafened her in that life in the left ear and pretty bad on the right in this life her left ear is worse than the right so when i she saw that then i simply said it's say it out loud it's a past life i let it go she did within a second she said can you turn the music down (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's how
1: quick. I know. And like I still get goosebumps when I tell that one. And it's in my book three or four. But it, it, it I get this all the time. It's, it's, it's that quick that it can happen because it's like this conscious goes, or something kind of goes, oh, good, I can let it go. It's instant. It prevents the hearing from. So it's not like a permanent thing. It affects it so that when you let it go, we can heal. Sometimes it takes. There are sometimes when it takes a day or two to go down to zero, because there's some residue of being, muscles being held tight for too long. But at, but you could generally it's about a two out of ten, right after they see it.
0: That's going to be a very gratifying feeling for you.
1: Very much, very much. Makes
0: it makes it really good. <laughs> well, I, I think that I think we've learned quite a bit. Is there anything that um, maybe we missed, or you think is important for somebody to know if they want to move forward in seeking this type of help?
1: hmm Well, there's, again, there's a lot of different uh, situations. Or a lot of people come to me with a 30-letter word of their ailment, because they've had enough years to practice learning it. And I just simply say, what's that in English? Because I don't know all these terms, and I don't care. Like if you have C1 and C3 or in your back, I say, is it upper, middle, or lower? It's all I need to know. Because subconscious doesn't care. But the only big word I bothered to learn is fibromyalgia. Big word. Because a lot of people have it. Two of the five doctors I work with, they, when I, told, I mentioned about them, just to them at the time, they just laughed. They said, when we can't figure out where your pain comes from, we call it fibromyalgia so you'll feel better.
0: Oh, they got a, a, name
1: a name for it. Yes, that, because they you know.
0: Sorry, I said that's amazing. I, I, I yeah. without without stopping you short. I'm sorry, but it just brought a memory back of mine when mm-hmm. I first got diagnosed with, or prior to me getting diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I had gone to several doctors, and each one of them had told me the same thing. They said, we think you have fibromyalgia. They actually gave me medication that <laughs> when I went back to the police department, I, I had set the bottle down on the my desk, and one of the <laughs> firefighters had come in, and we were talking after a call, and he picked up the bottle. And he says, who's taking it? You taking this? I said, Jay, yeah. he said, do you realize that – as a police officer, you cannot be on duty and take this. You can't carry a gun or drive or operate a motor vehicle safely taking this medication. I said, yeah. well, they told me I have fibromyalgia and that's supposed to help me. So I had to go find another doctor in order p- to work on it. So that's, I, I'm, you, oh, yeah. you triggered a memory right there. <laughs>
1: Perfect. I know it's because, and when people have fibromyalgia, it's not like everybody in the world has it in their left shoulder. It's different parts of their bodies. It sure enough, when I say let you someone take you back to the past life, it'll be an injury that happened on that part of their body. And the success rate for my fibromyalgia clients is basically one hundred percent because that's how simple it is. Another thing that uh, this reminded me of is that cancer. Uh, I can't I think I had one client came to me about well, that was that was having that had cancer, but most of the people that came to see me came to see me and there's about sixty or seventy of them through the years had cancer but it was gone, but they were told they had a high percentage chance of it coming back. That's, the again, the ache of pain. You don't get rid of it. So every one of those people I worked with, I said, let your subconscious take you back to the past life that caused the cancer that you had, not what you're doing right now, because they basically were there because it was gone. Sure enough, that cancer or problem in that life was the same part of their body, because we get cancer in different parts. It's not like everybody has cancer in your left you know toe or something. And to date... Not a single person has ever had their cancer
0: come back. That's amazing. That also should be very gratifying for you, I would assume. hmm Yeah, my sister has had cancer twice, and she is constantly fearful. Like, yeah. constantly, because the doctors say, well, you know, this is the second time you had it, so we think we got everything, so, you know, we're hoping <laughs> for the best. And so mm-hmm. she's constantly worried about whether or not it's going yeah. to come back. And it's like I keep telling her, you just need to relax. You need to stop thinking about it so much because if you think about it too much, you're going to bring it back because you're thinking about it too much.
1: Totally. It's like, for example, do you ever work at a job that you go to and from the same way every day or every work day and people put their hands up, yes. You're at a time that one day you're going home and, and you pull into the driveway and you go, oh my God, how did I get here? I was going to stop and get some groceries or something. You're a but your subconscious drove you there because, and I said, well, hmm. you ever wonder if maybe you ran over somebody? I always check the wheel well so they, I laugh and tell them a joke. Or, but yes, you stop, stop signs in the red light because the subconscious works on on what you tell it, or, or, a, rep- or a memory, or a repetition. That's why your jobs become easier, because you've done it enough times. Not because you're clever-ish, but because you've done it enough. So, yes, if you put in a little piece of junk that don't talk to Johnny because he's got a cold, you're going to catch that cold. Your subconscious, which is controlling your body. Goes on that it can heal you, but oh, I got to listen to what, what that person said. Oh, you're talking, to with the cold. You're gonna catch that cold. That is a load of crap. Or how about when I remember one time I said I've ever had an accident for so many years or something, and they said, "Don't say that. You're gonna have one." Well, what a piece of crap. What happens is, is you've now put that you could put that fear into a person, and they no longer drive comfortably reacting normally they're now got that fear of death or they're gonna have an accident so they're not gonna so they're driving hoping and waiting for it to happen you cause your problem it's amazing the stuff that we catch on but like one of the there is one type of person that can be a little bit harder to work with is and i'm going to give you the name it's a big name i'm going to give you the first part and the last part see if you can fill it in hypo and the last part is chondriac
0: I know a few people like that.
1: Oh, wait, there's nothing in between. Hypochondria. Many years ago, this lady that came to see me, she said that she started got invited to go to uh, Timmy, Tim Horton's. It's a coffee chain, coffee shop chain. And and she thought it was kind of nice that they asked her, the three older ladies. So she went in with them, and they all got their tea and coffee, and they all sat down. She said they all pulled out their pill trays, And started taking out their pills and they were bragging she said amongst each other who had the most pills to take how stupid (laughs) is that why would you brag about how many pills you're taking she said after a week she stopped going they were depressing (laughs) she didn't take any pills i don't take pills you know, uh, that's hypochondriac, but see, they also hypochondriacs actually, though, did get lessons when they're young. It's like, Don't Johnny, don't go to school, you've got a cold. <gasps> Johnny doesn't like school, you just rewarded him. So, his subconscious says he likes it if he doesn't go to school, so let's keep him sick. So, it's a little bit of a general overview, but that's roughly how it is. Hypochondriacs like to tell you about their aches and pains,
0: they like to share so, them.
1: Yes, it's sad. I can look at Facebook and I'll see people that put down, oh, I got a kind of, cold again. And within about an hour, there's about 20 people that put down, I'll, I'll pray, I'll send you healing and take some chicken soup. I'd be embarrassed at putting that in there.
0: Well, unfortunately, I also see people that are doing that that are very, very, very lonely and they feel that mm-hmm. that's the only way they can get attention.
1: Yeah that is all well, that's what it's all about yes attention yeah. but it's the it's the poor attention no go get a hobby
0: go <laughs> okay. get a hobby
1: well, brag about your hobby
0: speaking of hobbies in in work you've written four books can you tell uh-huh. me just a little bit about them
1: well, what it is is that I, the first book I wrote, and I gave it a cutesy title called Life in the Past Lane, a bit of a takeoff from Life in the Fast Lane. And it's just basically case histories. And I thought I was just going to write one book, so there's a mixture of them in there, including some arthritis or and and uh, turtleneck syndrome and a few varieties. Then I realized that I wanted to put in fears and phobias. Well, it wasn't going to fit in that book. Because it already was over 100, 100 and some pages, so I ended up put making a second one, "Life in the Past Lane: fears and Phobias," and the third one, "Life in the Past Lane: Aches and Pains," and the last one, the fourth one. There's two more coming, "Life in the Past Lane: Crimes Against Humanity." That one is more, and it's also red because it's just sort of the color is significant to do with. Serial killers, Jack the Ripper, dungeons, uh, World War II atrocities, stuff for like that. So it's not just for the, the you know the uh, scare factor or something. It's actually to show you why we get stuff from our past lives because we weren't nice to each other. Dungeon guards were not therapists. <laughs> they brought so a lot of stuff comes in from them. But again, seeing it, you let it go.
0: Yeah, history has been cruel. When you look Mm -hmm. back upon history and see what we've actually done to people, human beings, actual human beings, it's amazing that they were able to accomplish that and do that and bring that kind of pain and anguish to people.
1: Fears and phobias. I've actually taken care of 141 different fears and phobias. Now, a lot of them are ones of. But here's a quick question, maybe for people listening. What do you think is the four most common fears?
0: Oh, I personally think they're probably height and mm-hmm. darkness. And being left alone.
1: Okay. The last two are way down the list, but but number one is heights. Fear of heights is number one. Number two is claustrophobia. Number three is fear of success. And Uh, number four is deep water.
0: I never would have thought about fear of success. You wouldn't think about that. I've always been a success-driven individual, so that has never crossed my mind.
1: Perfect. It does sound a little different, like the other ones are more tangible, like darkness and stuff like that, but fear of success. What happened basically is that in the past, when you had a lesson to learn, let's say you're supposed to be in like, maybe you were rich or, or prince or king or something or, or shop owner or something, and you're doing really well, but somebody in those days decided to kill you and take your money and stuff because they didn't have CSI in those days, so they'd get away with it. And if this happens, See, a couple of times, your subconscious goes, and the lesson's not finished, obviously, your subconscious goes, don't get too successful. You're going to get killed. Now, what happened is that some of these people with fear successful success even admit they do self-sabotage. They're starting to get too healthy, or, or too—I'm sorry—wealthy, uh, and they start making silly, silly decisions. A guy I worked with years ago, he had he had made almost on the side in the stock market almost a million dollars, and he started getting worried about it. So he making, He said the stupidest decisions, and he almost lost it all. Sure enough, he had been a couple of lives where he was killed for being rich, and he let it go. The whole point again on this, Michael, is it's lessons to be finished. But you don't have to bring in the aches and pains and fears and phobias. Things like depressions and jealousy and anger, all of those are past lives. That is why therapy generally doesn't help you, because therapy almost always works on current life. So if it's nothing in your life that's caused it, they're not going to help you fix it. That's why you re- it's, it's to do with... Like a, good, a good example, let's say you have a fear of heights, Michael. And let's say you had 100 past lives. If you're a vetting person, what's the odds that your fear of heights started in this life? 100 to 1, it didn't. I agree with if that. If your therapy says go back to you know, when you're younger and why you hate your parents or whatever, those silly things, it's never going to help. That's what I do, find where it came from. And as I said, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. A funny one is actually birthmarks. I forget about mentioning that but uh, somebody asked me the other day on the on the other show and he 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 even actually knew, he said I bet it's called Death Marks. <laughs> death <laughs> and marks. yes it is because they're marks from where you got shot or killed or stabbed, burnt. They're all de- uh, death marks. What happened, actually, though, an interesting uh, thing is at one talk, this lady said, I, I think it's hereditary, and it says, why? And she said, well, I have a birthmark in the back of my neck. My two sons have the same one. And I said, well, that's certainly argument for hereditary, but I knew I was having a session with her. So I said, let's wait. So in the session, I said, let your subconscious take you back to the past life that will explain the common birthmark with your sons. Sure enough, she went, oh, my God. We're all in the same soul group. We do have a soul group. We work together. And you said, we are all in an army back a few hundred years ago. And we all got executed the same way, a bullet in the back of the neck, the back of the head. So that explains
0: And they all came together in this life.
1: Yeah. Well, basically, think of it like a like if you're like if you have a, a play and you got t- ten actors, and then the next year you do another play, so basically you're still there, maybe different roles, so and. When somebody from your soul group does come in, I do take people back to their soul group so they can see who's in there and, and that type of thing and what have you. But some of you won't recognize it because they haven't come into your life yet or they are and you're not supposed to know that they're from your soul group because you, if you did know they were from they were from your soul group, you wouldn't take them as seriously. But you'll recognize. You ever, have, you ever meet a bunch of people and you go, that person over right there seems like I've known them all my life and I've just met them. You ever had that?
0: Yeah, I have had that. So has my wife yeah. and both of yeah. our children. My um, young oldest daughter and my wife um, have come to find out that in a past life they were sisters. They thought it was funny that they came back as mother and daughter.
1: Oh, it's my my wife, the one Debbie you just said hi to. She's been my mother, father, brother, sister. We've we've done lots of different roles is still learn different things. Sometimes you might have the same, if your lesson's really not finished, that same one might play the same role to help finish it. But yeah, we've, we've done different roles.
0: You can you can work through all your family issues that way
1: okay <laughs> well again you're working let's put it this way you're working to help each other you don't quite know they're from your soul group but it's easy to work with them if they're part of your family or a close friend because somebody on the other side of the world would be kind of stupid because how are they going to help each other so yes it generally is but it's not everything like my parents in this life were not from my soul group we do sometimes go in to help it's only we mix. Sometimes we go into another soul group bunch to help them and interact. Because, again, you can't have, you know, if you have, like, 50 people on the play and you only got 10, you're going to mix around. But for some reason, we seem to work it out ahead of time and then leave it up to... So, so luck. Okay. luck
0: luck or mother yes. nature or the universe or yeah. the free will the free will exactly
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah. where can somebody find your books
1: well a few stores carry them but the easiest way really to do it is to email me in fact I've got a special one and I just say to the people that email me to mention that they heard about it on your show and what it is, is that, and I can send you the info, one book, $10, two books, if you buy two of them, it's $15, 3 of them is 20 if you buy all four, it's 25 Plus, if you get all four, I include a CD of Relaxation Plus in there. And to get hold of me, it's, it's my, just email me, cl, obviously from Chris Lee, cl at pastliferap.com past life rap the rap it's all like rapping but it's actually regression and progression just so it's easier to spell. Dot com.
0: and i'll have all that information in the show notes and on my website and um, that answers my last question about how someone can get in touch with you if they're interested in your service so you have a newsletter that goes out correct
1: yeah, monthly, monthly newsletter tells me where I'm going and stuff with like it, and I always generally put in at least one case history, or some of my students, well, graduates. Often uh, I'll put in some of their uh, case histories because we share, because they will see stuff I've never seen, and vice versa. Well,
0: I'll have. I that.
1: found late. Sorry. Please go ahead. I also found that you can talk to your past lives and ask them questions. So that's a little thing we're always learning as we go along. One more thing, though, is I actually teach people this. Through the last seven years, I do have students that I teach. Um, and But for the last uh, little while, I've had to go to on, one-on-one online training because of people can't get out type of thing plus it's easier for me to teach somebody in australia without spending a fortune going there and vice versa so that's available too and i do have that uh, now that you can bring in clients to interview like practice on uh, at your home it's because you know we're getting out more now with the restrictions lessening a bit
0: so they can email you as well to get information in regard to your classes if they're interested in taking those. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I also will have that in the show notes and on my website as well.
1: Okay. And again, what it is is that it's the you learn you just do you learn to do what I do, and I've got a script that you get, and I've been doing this for 25 years, so I've to take the bugs out, sort of thing. And remember, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Chris,
0: thank you very much. I honestly appreciate everything. And um, it's a great information. And I look forward to a session with me that we're going to do. And we'll do a uh, follow-up show with regard to the results of that.
1: Perfect. And you will see some nice results. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much for listening and joining in on the conversation. I will have links to how to contact Chris Lee, how to find his books, and how to find his services in the show notes on the website BeforeYouGoPodcast.com.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at BeforeYouGoPodcast.com. That's BeforeYouGoPodcast.com